Hi, Emma. Thank you so much for joining us on the UK Run Chat podcast today. Um, just for the benefit of our listeners out there, could you just give us a little introduction to yourself, basically? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So my name is Emma Kirkos Newby. I am a run coach by trade, um, have been kind of in and around the running kind of industry since I was about 13. First started doing a bit of gate analysis. That's how I learned kind of a bit of my trade and what I was enjoyed. And then went to uni, got my sports science degree, followed that whole path, um, worked for companies such as Runners World, Nike, Under Armour, what bike so a bit been very involved heavily in the running side but also in fitness in general and yeah now spend my days uh working as a one-to-one coach and also a group x instructor for treadmill based classes too so a bit of everything yeah fab I've, I've kind of seen you on social media talking about shoes and like running gate that's you know some really interesting information that you put out there um so do, do you still kind of do much of that or are you more um, you know what what do you kind of do at the moment yeah so I do I do a lot of that still so actually the, the that side of it definitely came out a lot through lockdown so I started to do online foot consultations when we couldn't get to running shops yeah so I created a way to be able to analyze the person's feet and foot function as well as get them to kind of send me in videos and then I would help the runner find their shoes and what was amazing about that was you know I was speaking to people from Sweden to the Bahamas to all these different places so I still do that today online, but also in person too, um, and kind of coach runners trackside as well as, yeah, in gyms as well. So a little bit all over the place and online too, as everyone does. <laughs> it's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? We get a lot of questions on UK Run Chat, usually, what's the best running shoe? And it's like, it's such an open-ended question that, I mean, what's what's your views on that? How do you How do you even begin to answer that? <laughs> so the biggest way or the best way I always come up with that answer is, there is the best running shoe but there is the best running shoe for you so everyone is different right we've all got different bodies different mechanics different injury history so i'm always using the analogy of if your best friend gave you their pair of glasses to wear you probably wouldn't be able to see right because they've got different eyes so almost use that same analogy when it comes to running shoes you you want to make sure you go and get yourself tested and fitted for the shoes you know the brand might be the same you might have you know the certain same maker glasses but you're never going to have the exact same prescription as such so it's a similar idea in football I always say to people so yeah the best shoe does exist but for you <laughs> yeah no I love that analogy actually that's brilliant I've never thought of it like that before but yeah yeah equate it to glasses yeah I love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> very helpful so what have you got coming up this year Emma you've got quite a busy busy spring plant haven't you I do have a busy spring plan. So I am um, taking on Brighton Marathon, which is the 7th of April. So I'm in marathon fever with the rest of the spring marathon runners. Um, I'll be taking it on for the second time. Um, It's my home marathon. So first time round, didn't go the way I wanted it. And I just kind of thought, I can't leave it to to put it to bed you know it's it's my home marathon I want to do it justice so going back for that on the 7th and then I'm doing the double as it were so the weekend after I'm doing Lake Garda marathon as well so my own little version of a a week apart ultra yeah so yeah I'm really excited for it more for the scenery I won't lie than anything looking forward to seeing what the body can do kind of back to back I did a similar thing this year um did Manchester into London a week apart and and the body was surprisingly good for it so so that was a dry run and then we're back in and then back end of the year 
a few Hyrox races. I'm not sure if you've heard of or know about those. I'm yeah, assuming that they are booming, right? Yeah. But yeah, that I think they're tough from what I've heard about them. Yeah, they are. They are a runner's game. So yeah. for the runners out there who are wondering about it, it is a runner's game. Um, so eight one kilometer intervals basically and then with a functional piece of kit on the floor for those who don't know what Hyrox is so all over the world globally and um yes yeah, so I'm going to be doing a couple of those back in the year and managed to get myself a place in Chicago Marathon so well done. Yeah. the ballot was kind the ballot yeah. was kind <laughs> um, yes and maybe we'll try and get an ultra in there in the middle seeing if the body's still holding together that's the goal yeah so we are here to talk about ultra running today and specifically tackling your first ultra so this is part of a, a very small series we're doing with um th the threshold trail series um who've organized some guests for us including yourself um just to kind of promote parity gender parity essentially in ultra running that's what they're trying to do this year isn't it so try to get the same amount of men and women running which i think is absolutely brilliant and i really hope that they they manage to do it i know they're talking to lots of people what are your thoughts on why kind of women have kind of dropped out of ultra running a little bit recently because figures have dropped over the last few years haven't they yeah i think it's it's firstly it's fantastic what threshold doing it's this you know as you said this 50 50 campaign to try and get their some equality within that that running space and especially the ultra space and i think the the barriers come from a, a few things. I mean, let's not negate the fact that just daily life to lifestyle factors, you know, raising families, all those kind of things will always fill out a schedule on top of work. So then, you know, women having the idea of, oh, you know, I need to devote my, some time to myself to train for an ultra is not the first thing that comes to mind. So I think breaking down that barrier of getting people to understand how they can make training fit into their, their lifestyle and schedule and then there's those other things that, you know, people don't always think about that women go through on a day-to-day -day basis, like thinking, oh, am I going to do my run today? Oh, wait, it's dark outside already. I don't feel safe running in the dark. Things like that. Classically, our, our hormonal cycle, our menstrual cycle, that having an effect on how able we are to train and be physically active as well. So there's there's so many little things and and then the other one to throw in there, which I say we'll probably cover it, is confidence. It's, yeah. It can be a big thing, you know, being like, oh, I, I think I can do it, maybe, not sure, not really sure at all. So that can yeah. be other things. So I think, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of a lot of factors that we kind of, on face value, like, oh, there's not much. But then when you really delve deep and see, you know, multiple different lives of different women, there's there's a lot of things there. Yeah, there's a lot going on, isn't there? It's tough. Yeah, and I know I don't feel like I've got time to train for long distance at the moment. My kind of routine is an hour's exercise a day, and that's kind of enough. <laughs> Anything else, and I yeah, that's good. Fit everything else in. Um, so, I mean, how how are you fitting personally your your double marathon training in? How's that going? Yeah, it's a similar thing at the minute, and I, I say I've actually this week on social media spoken about it quite a lot in terms of I I am teetering on that overwhelm phase where I'm trying to you know juggle yeah getting in the high miles but also eating enough sleeping enough then teaching then working and then do all the things and it's just and you know I I don't have a family I have to look after and support and things like that but you know it's still whatever feeling that that person feels is valid in that moment and it's it's trying to try to find some sort of calm and find some organization and 
for me, when everything gets all up in the air, I just write a list. I'm like, okay, there's loads of things happening. How can I write a list? And then I'll be honest, running's my my headspace. Yeah. So I always try and make sure I make time for that training because it's it's time for me to just reassess. And if there is a lot going on, I actually find it very good sort of clarity making, clarity finding time when I'm out on a run too. So yeah, no, I feel I feel the the busyness for sure. Yes, yeah, because we're reaching peak kind of weeks now, aren't we, for marathon training, especially. Oh yes, um, it's it's tough. How are you approaching? Um, you're doing a marathon, two marathons a week apart. You're obviously aiming for a, a better time at Brighton than you did the first time. How are you approaching the second marathon then? What's the goal? For so that? I think the 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 goal is to ultimately remove pressure from it. I think we can be our own worst enemies. So putting pressure on ourselves for for both races, I think for myself is just not worth it. Yes, I have a goal in mind for Brighton, but I think what I do is I go, right, yes, that's the goal. But the only thing I can control is what I can do right now today. So if today is cool, you've got to tick off that run. Let's focus on doing today as best as possible. And it's those, you know, you hear people talking about those little 1% that add up. For me, it's cool. Tick things off each day. If you need to skip a day or miss it, it's really not the end of the world because you can go again tomorrow. So that's kind of the, the mindset I have for it. So that second marathon, after the first, we're going to focus on that first one first, yeah, see yeah. how that goes. And then, you know, that week after is just going to be a big week of, of fueling, of sleeping and, and resting as best I can. Yeah, yeah, recovery. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, all the best with that. Thank you. Yeah. So let's get into first ultras then. So so let's start with you're looking to do, you're, you're considering an ultra, you know, do you need to be running a certain distance already or a certain number of miles a week or be at a certain level of running where, you know, how do you know when you're ready? So I would say the best question to ask yourself straight away is how do you want to conquer the ultra? Because, you know, there's there's many different ways. If you are like, I just want to complete it to do it, you can walk these ultras. There's there's nothing. That's what's amazing about ultras, yeah. right? You can walk them and you still conquered the same distance. It's not as comparison, what's the word? Comparison high, comparison lively as, let's say, 10Ks, 5Ks, halves. Everyone kind of, I think the global sense is, oh, you're running a half. What time are you going for? Or you're running a 10K. What time are you going for? Whereas an ultra, if you're like, oh, I'm about to do, you know, 50K, 100K, everyone's like, you're amazing. Yeah, they don't you know, and that's what's so great. <laughs> yeah. No. And and that's the one of the most amazing things about it is because it's just an incredible thing to achieve. So whether you do want to walk it, amazing. Then that be that's your target. If you do want to run it, amazing. Yes, of course, you want to have some sort of mileage base there. Be great to have done, you know, at least 10k half marathon. So you know what it feels like to, to run for longer periods of time. But for me, I always say time is power. So if you sign up to that ultra and you've got, you know, for the ones in June, July with Race the King, Race the Stones, you've got a good 20, 24 weeks, if not more than that now. So, you know, there's signing up and deciding that goal when you see the length of time you have available to you I think it's I'm, I'm here for it I think any way you conquer an ultra is is incredible and that's what I love about them yeah yeah I, I mean I, just thinking about what you said there you know when you because I think that's how I got into doing my first ultra marathon it was people kept asking me 
because I've, I've been doing quite a few marathons and people are like what time did you run what time did you run and I got sick yeah. of doing it so you do kind of go into to ultra thinking right I just need to take the pressure off myself and that's what I love about ultra running actually is that there is no there's no time pressure is it and you mentioned that you can walk there um you know run walking is a is a really useful strategy isn't it for an ultra um can we just yeah let's talk about that a little bit because that's that's kind of removing a barrier I think to entry isn't it when people think yes I can walk bits of it how would that work then how does run walk work Absolutely. So within within a, an ultra or even even, you know, marathons as well, but within an ultra, especially like you can very much decide whether it's every time you see a hill, you're going to walk it. I'm here for that. <laughs> every time you see a hill, walk it. Um, another way in terms of conquering it is literally just in your mind before you even start the race, deciding, say it's 50K, I'm going to run 5K, I'm going to walk a K. Yeah, And maybe every time you walk is when you're going to take on your fuel, you're going to take on all that extra stuff to help you keep going. So I think going in with a plan of how you're going to, but then in the same breath, we all know what it's like taking on a race. You have a plan in your head and it looks beautiful on paper and then the reality hits and you're like, hmm. So if you need to walk, just walk. And then on the spot, you can kind of mentally break down, right? How how do I need to approach this? Am I going to, you know, walk for this next bit till I see that that tree over there and then I'm going to run am I going to know that you know you've got someone there who's close to a checkpoint and let me let me walk to them take on food see them get some good vibes and then I'm going to head on to that run again so there's multiple ways you can do it and of course doing it in training will, will definitely be able to help prepare you but come race day that's when yes you can have a plan but sometimes knowing the plan might not always go to plan is is the other side yeah because of course it's it's that's the thing with an ultra isn't it? it's an unknown distance because we never go up to ultra distance in training of course exactly yeah exactly so with training i'd say for definitely your first even if you've done a couple you never ever ever want to cover the distance of an ultra in race day like the only people are the very small percent of top end elite that do anything close to and that's just maybe over two days let alone they'll never go to that whole distance on one day so it's a really really important thing that I put into any client that I work with for ultras or anyone generally looking to it is you're entering 50k great you're not going to run 50k before you're going to build yourself up to a point for most people it might be just under that marathon distance around the 20 miles is that great like peak distance you want to go for and I also talk about a, a method of not necessarily doing one big run or, or session and maybe splitting it over two days. Oh, now this so doing it. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So there's, as we were talking about, you know, barriers to entry that, that many women face and you haven't got time if you're juggling loads of different things and doing, for example, a 12 mile run slash run walk on the Saturday and then going into another run on the Sunday that's a little shorter, maybe 10 miles, something like that, but you're doing it under that fatigued legs. Yeah. So the body is still being able to understand how to keep going under fatigue. Now, there's, there's multiple different camps that believe different things. Some people say going higher than your max mileage over those two days is, is a great place to shoot towards. And I genuinely as a coach do it based on person to person if I see how they've recovered after that and they're like yep I feel good great if we're able to build that into the next block of training I'll push it a little more if they're like 
MR couldn't handle the, the run and that back to back, maybe we'll switch out that run for a 90 minute cycle yeah. and do a 90 minute cycle. And then the next day do the hike and the walk there or the run, you know? So there's, there's multiple ways, but yeah, double days. If you're really struggling for time and you don't have, you know, three, four hours on one day, it's a really good way to be able to make it more accessible and easier to work with. Yeah, I like that. And it, it is a very individual thing because you, you never quite know how you're going to recover when you start adding up those miles, do you? Um, you mentioned cross-training no. there. Um, that's that's a really useful strategy. You're obviously big on strength training as well with, you know, high rocks. Talk to us a little bit about the strength training that's important to do as part of ultra training. What sort of things would you so for ultras? The biggest thing I would recommend, it kind of goes without saying, you can probably guess is, is leg strength, right? Yeah. So leg strength is super important. You're going to be doing very similar movements, hopefully, that you're already doing in your strength training for other runs. But, you know, things like your split squats, things like your lunges, forward, backward, walking, all of those different movement patterns, because whenever we run and also walk, you're on one leg at a time. And when you're doing ultras, it's a for prolonged period of time. So, you know, when you're doing these, let's say, forward lunges, you want to be pushing towards reps of 10, 15, 20 per leg to really try and build that stamina. Of course, we can start body weight. We can add on weight. If you've got access to a gym, of course, you can do it with dumbbells, a bar. If you're at home, add things such as bands, add things such as weights in rucksacks like we did back in lockdown days, you know, like find ways to load things up so you're really putting in that work in the legs and then also probably not so looked upon in running but something I really kind of drive home with a lot of people I work with is a lot of upper body strength especially if you are going to take on the walking and you're going to think about using things like poles because obviously if you are you're going to be using that upper body strength and drive and if you're not used to doing that you, you're going to really struggle and that's going to really affect kind of posture and then have a knock-on effect further down. So definitely thinking about upper strength when I talk about that, I'm thinking about pressing. I'm thinking about things when you're rowing. So in a bent over position, rowing back, so we strengthen those back muscles, which help to keep us nice and upright for running. And then also the core, but not just things like hold the plank. You want to be doing dynamic core works, you know, attaching a band to something, rotating through movement patterns. So you can work that core in a dynamic way um, that you would do in a running setting. So, you know, you're looking maybe one strength of legs a week, mm-hmm. one upper a week. That would be a minimum. Yeah. How long? And, and if you question, roughly, what would you recommend? How long? So... <laughs> Anything is better than nothing. For most people, I say, if you can go 30 to 45 minutes, you can push out a session to 60, of course, but you want that session to start with one main lift. So whether it's a deadlift, whether it's the squats, you want that to be a core lift to start with, and then you bulk out the session thereafter with your accessory work. So those lovely car phrases that we all love to do, things like box jumps and plyometric work to help strengthen up the tendons and then that's how you can kind of make the sessions a little bit bigger and obviously doing different reps and different sets too so yeah one one of those upper and lower a week and then of course little little extra ones I like to give people for after their shorter runs in the week so those car phrases the the little hip strength work as well so that's kind of a basis but yes you can tell strength is important to me <laughs> yeah definitely no it's really good to hear you talking about this because I think a lot of people neglect it just again because of time 
It's, you know, running's our priority, isn't it? But we need to be thinking about strength because it's going to help us, A, finish Definitely. whatever race we want to do and B, not get injured um, whilst training. So, yeah, so important. So thanks for that. Um, what kind of intensity sessions should we be looking at when we're training for an ultra? Do we need to be doing high intensity training or can it all be easy? So majority, I would say a good 80, 85% of it can be that low level, steady pace. So those easy, you know, zone two, zone three, you might have heard from like a heart rate perspective, or if you're using like a scale, I always talk about RPE, so rate of perceived exertion. So one is easy, no taxation walk, and 10 is maximum all out, really heavy breathing, struggling pace. You want to be doing most of your training around three to five. That's where most of it wants to sit. And then maybe one session a week, if you can get it in, is going to be that speed work. It's going to be things where you're doing hill run repeats or if you're walking, hill walk repeats where you're really doing multiple inclines back and forth. You know, I, I use a really simple one of run to a hill, 60 seconds up the hill, walk back down, repeat it 10 times, run home simple as that you know and that's where your heart rate is definitely going to spike trying to run up those hills and we're just pushing that other end of the the heart rate spectrum so that your body's able to get fitter yes the bottom end helps us but you've got to do a little bit of the sprinkle of the top end to then help everything build and, and be stronger and if your goal is to be faster in that ultra then yeah you know if you're taking it on for the second time if you weren't adding in your hill work or you weren't adding in faster running intervals on a flat road think about adding that in this time because that could be the difference in making you faster overall yeah yeah definitely um i mean with any trail ultra you mentioned hills there we are going to encounter hills over a long distance aren't we somewhere <laughs> most definitely uh, any other tips for kind of training for those you mentioned plyometrics which of course can help our leg fitness and some hill reps you know any other yeah. training tips for those so another really good one is eccentric work so what that basically means is when you're doing for example a squat let's just take a simple air squat slowing that movement on the way down adding a little pause at the bottom and then coming straight back up so maybe counting down for five seconds as you go down we're loading up those muscles putting more tension through them and then exploding and driving that power out of it and what that's going to help with is a lot of we talk about uphills a lot but downhills can really put some stress through the legs so yeah. on the downhills trying to yes of course do them in your training but with the strength work by you doing those tempo style squats or you can do it in lunges you can do it in deadlifts that tempo element of going down slowly will build that strength for the hills so that's another really great thing you can add into your strength work to help i like to call it bulletproof the legs from the hills you'll encounter as we said at the start if that hill is just too hard and you're you're really struggling running up it, walk. No one's going to judge you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mentioned poles. You know, if if you are using poles, they can help you up as well, can't they? Um, Definitely. Although they do and take some training to use, don't they? <laughs> absolutely. I was chatting with someone from Harriers, who's a kit provider, and they were just there was they like people come and they just go yeah I'm going to race tomorrow and I just want to get these poles and it's sheer panic right because it's not just using them it's carrying them yeah. it's learning how they open it's learning how to close them back up and then it is as we kind of spoke about with the strength stuff the upper body it's the upper body usage of that planting and pushing away over the top of the pole 
which will shock your wrists and your shoulders. I've I've used them up in the in the mountains before as well, and that it's it's a whole new ball game. So yes, if you have poles and you plan to use them for your race, practice. Yeah, and there's plenty of training available online to kind of teach you to do that, isn't there? But yeah, practice. Yeah, practice. Um, I guess the same goes for nutrition. This is where I've come and done before now in very long distance races is my tummy's gone. I don't like it anymore. Um, <laughs> have you got any, yeah. any kind of tips for just approaching that and avoiding that? Definitely. So I think in training that I've learned is when you, you're getting ready to go out on a training run, you're like, I just don't want to eat that same thing again that I've been eating for the last four weeks I know my stomach probably likes it and gets on with it but I just don't want to eat it so my biggest advice is in your training in your shorter training sessions whether they're the shorter runs or walks whether they're the shorter intervals try something there so that if it doesn't work you're you're around the corner from home so I say to people you know if you've got to go out for a 60 minute run do it on maybe a 15 minute loop of where you live so that if you're trying something new if that stomach does cool, you can just know that you're you're very close to home. But yet trying everything, and this sounds, you know, strange to say, but it's it's not just the gels. It's not just the flapjacks. I heard a great one the other day. Someone did smashed up roast potatoes. Oh, like yeah. boiled potatoes. Yeah, I've heard this. Before. And then, yeah. Yeah. So just eating those cold with a bit of salt, ideal carbs getting into the body straight away and then salts to help with the the loss from all the sweating so that could be an option for you maybe for you it's crisps because similar idea you can crush them up into a bag grab those and eat that frozen bananas is another one especially if you're kind of in the summer and you want something a bit easier banana chips all these kind of things so yeah the big advice on nutrition is everyone's different so try multiple things so that in your training, you don't have just have to go for one version. So, you know, if you're like, cool, I'm always gels, maybe you'd start trying some of the bars. You try all these different things. And as you said, it, it, it can sadly be the undoing of some people. So practice it, I'd say, probably more than anything else in your training. Yeah, start that early, as early as you can. Yeah, I like the idea of doing short sure. just in case. Yeah, very sensible so so, <laughs> so we're, we're chatting beginners and first ultras I mean how when you obviously start building the mileage how do you know that your body's responding well to it or how do you know whether you need some extra rest you know because we need to be looking out for overtraining don't we how do we recognize it absolutely so firstly overtraining is Basically, the, the simplest description is when your body is over, overworked. You keep you kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. You haven't given it enough rest, and you're expecting it to keep doing more and more load without giving it time to reset. So, one of the biggest things I try and say to people is build in what I call it, or what we we call a deload week. So that is a week where every everyone's different, but roughly every four or six weeks, you have one week where everything is brought down. So I traditionally like to with my clients, either if they're running normally throughout those four weeks, sometimes I just take them off feet for a week. I go, everything that was a run is now going to be a, a cycle or an easy swim, but we still keep you training, you know, four or five times a week, but we just take it off feet. Other people, while keep them running the whole time, 
but will just drop the, the distances. So instead, last week, they were doing their top mileage of 90 minutes. This time, that run is the exactly same type of run, but it's only going to be 60 minutes. Yeah. So it's just allowing that body to be able to go, oh, I've already done that before. This feels a lot easier. The other thing that you can try and do to keep an awareness on it is just be really honest with yourself, you know, especially if you're talking before with women in our cycles, that can have a really massive effect on your energy levels. So if you know you're that person who in that final week before you're due on your period, your your energy levels are just super low, don't beat yourself up. Let yourself take that rest day. If you can't take on that big run, great. Do you know what? Put that time into rest, maybe have a yoga, a stretch, go and do something like Pilates instead, if that's going to work better for you. And just knowing that it's okay to adjust a plan. I think we get so fixated on like, I must follow the plan. It must be exactly what I do all the time because that's what it says. Our bodies have their reasons for saying no. And we've got to listen to it sometimes. A lot of the time, actually. (laughs) So definitely that idea of not beating yourself up it's okay to just change the plan yeah, yeah that'll be my my biggest advice and, and you at the end of the day know your body better than anyone else and better than what's written on a sheet of paper so if you truly are like i i cannot physically do this my body is telling me no that's okay yeah because sometimes it can be hard to differentiate between slight lack of motivation because you are training a lot and body is actually tired because sometimes I'll think I don't really want to go for a run and I'll get out there and I'll feel fine <laughs> so it can be hard to differentiate can't it <laughs> but yes I think so definitely imp- I hear that yeah <laughs> so important to just learn the difference <laughs> mm-hmm, I know what for I- sure and the other, <laughs> yeah the other thing I do sometimes I play a game myself I'm like right if you get out there and you're five minutes in and your body is like no I can't then you can just turn around five yeah. minutes but if you get out there as you said and you kind of get moving you're like oh do you know what the body feels fine then you know it was just a little mental game you were trying to play with yourself yeah it's funny because we do need to train our mind don't we as well for an ultra we need to kind of be a bit stronger and when it says no just keep going <laughs> have you got any tips for that so i always say to people they'll be in your training whatever plan you're following they'll be in, a, in your training something a big session that makes you mentally question what you're doing And the idea of that session, honestly, as a coach that programs them, it's not all about actually, you know, the reps that you put out or anything like that. It's about how you mentally approach it and if you can complete it. So, you know, there's sessions I give out to some people that I work with that I'm like, I don't actually care about the numbers here. This is about seeing how you mentally overcome it and what your feedback is after you do it. So that's that's the other side of where that mental strength is built is actually in your training not just on the day itself because if you build it in your training actually then when the the mishaps and things that don't go right happen on race day you'll actually be prepared to be able to conquer them yeah and things will go wrong on race day won't they like we're never gonna have a perfect race and we're very lucky if we do (laughs) so how yeah and i think deal with that during the event when something goes wrong you know what what i think it's it's things like running and you're starting to feel a hot spot on your foot and going oh no I think it feels like something's happening blister something like that that can that can definitely happen all right and it's just knowing um one of the things I always tell people if they are on an ultra to do is to carry tape so whether it's like a rock tape or a k tape so that if you start to feel a hot spot 
you can stop. Take off your foot. Take off your foot. No, keep your foot on. Take off your sock. <laughs> take off your sock. Place the tape over that area where that that slight discomfort is before it becomes anything worse. Especially if you're doing an ultra where you're going 100k plus, you want to stop the hot spots becoming more than just a little bit of a friction because that's then when things can go, as you say, a lot worse down the road. What's so great at a lot of these ultras and what's so welcoming firstly is the community is is amazing so when you get to pit stops along the way they will have things like the tape they will have things like gauze they will have people there to help if you have got issues with your feet and and kind of kit so that's what's so amazing about it like if you are concerned knowing on your route the race you're doing where the pit stops are if you don't have the right tools on you at the time so i always say of course try and have the right stuff with you but yes knowing that a lot of these races like definitely race the kings and stuff you get there and they they see and you've got the kit and the blister plasters and all that jazz for someone to be able to help you out so yeah i think just knowing that it's okay as well if things do go wrong like it's it's not it's not as you said always perfect they might be perfect and that's great if it happens but um yeah for me i'd say the biggest one is that that hot spot from a foot perspective and then of course we've kind of mentioned it is is the stomach playing up and you know a lot of these ultras are are out in big fields and if if something has to happen you have to go you have to go yeah yeah but yeah and i think again that's we just need to accept that 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 might happen don't we um, talk to me a little bit about pacing an ultra then in terms of we, we chatted earlier about employing a run walk strategy but how how do we kind of decide what pace to set for ourselves during an ultra so for me i would definitely start slower than you need start slower than you need especially if you're deciding you are you do want to try and run most of it is we get excited. Adrenaline's a magical thing. It gets us really hyped and, and buzzing, but it can also be a negative. It can make you go out too fast. And then, you know, you don't want to be 5, 10k into a 100k race and have gone too fast. <laughs> so I'd say learning to take everything in at the start and trust yourself and, you know, try not to rely on a watch so much i know if you are going for a certain time for it if you want to be that person in ultra, which is fine like there are people there and absolutely go go and do that but i'd say try and just do that that rpe feeling i was speaking about you know start that race at about a six out of ten six seven out of ten you don't want it to be out of your reach i like to call that pace sort of able to hold a little bit of a conversation but you're still a little bit breathless like that kind of pacing And then once you get to your 5k or 10k mark, start to then check in and go, okay, how am I feeling? Am I fueling well? How's that fuel sitting after you've had it? How's the weather conditions treating me? Am I feeling okay? Too hot, too cold? All of those kind of things before you then start to go, okay, now I think I can start to pick the pace up or actually I'm comfortable. I'm just going to sit where I'm at. And it's, it's knowing I say in your body and that's where your training becomes so great because if you know you're able to take on that pace for a long run that you've done in your training and you ran for the length of time and you finished that run feeling strong, you know mentally, oh, if I hold that same pace at the start of this, I know I'm going to be in a comfortable place in the very first half. 
And then it's that second half, as we said, because you're not going to really cover that full ultra distance where that mindset comes in and kind of that self-belief needs to come out the woodwork for sure. Yeah. And any tips for dealing with those dark moments towards the end of a race to kind of boost us? I think the biggest thing is is knowing why you're doing it. So whether it's a challenge for you, it's, it's something I've heard so many people and a lot of ultra runners say is it's their why yeah. is why they kind of when things get dark. For me, I've done I've done some ultra challenges. I would, they're not runs, but I've done a once twenty four hours of burpees, raising money for charity, doing that. And let me tell you, there were some dark moments in there. And for me, I think it was yeah, definitely the why that came through but also I'm I'm someone that I really enjoy like words of affirmation so for me my the thing that I say all the time and I say at my classes is yes I can so even when things get super hard I'm like no you can do this you can you can do it like it's it's just one more it's just one more step it's just one more right and you're one step closer every time you do that next one so I think it's everyone's different but the why is always a very strong one and then that having that positive self-talk because of very much it's very easy to be like you're rubbish I can't believe this is what's happening can't believe this is where we are and, and you can just create a story that is just so negative and is not serving you so you're allowed to have those thoughts but kind of going okay I know I'm annoyed at myself but I, I can do this yeah I think finding other people around you during an ultra as well can help can't it but like you said you mentioned this earlier that the community is so amazing um there probably will be somebody well there'll definitely be other people feeling the same and you can kind of help each other out can't you and team up definitely like I think uh, I'll never forget it was when I was doing London Marathon the first time and there's a big steep bit as you come out of Canary it's like 19 miles ish in that one and everyone kind of turned around and was like what are we doing why are we running up this? And I was like, it's because we wanted to, guys. And then we all just have a laugh, a joke. Like, we can do this. It's hard, but we can do this. And it's that it's that kind of thing. And you have that in the ultra community, but like times 100. So if you're feeling that, maybe even look around. This hill's big. Anyone else feeling it? We've got this. We can do this. And it's that, say, the community will rally around you because they are literally in it with you. Like, always remember that. Even if you're struggling, there is someone in that race at the same moment probably saying the same if not worse to themselves so just normalizing it within that space actually is really kind of a freeing thing so yeah definitely the, the community there are just amazing yeah you know I love that um what we haven't mentioned yet is tapering into an event what would you normally recommend a taper looks like roughly and, and I know it'll be different so but... <laughs> yeah different for everyone but as a general I like to have someone doing their peak load or peak volume about three weeks out yeah so that you know your body that peak volume is going to be something very close to if not the same loading idea as race day so that last big run that last big weekend effort you're going to be trying to nail your race day tactics in terms of eating fueling all of that kind of stuff your body is then going to feel exhausted and it's very normal for that to happen because you've, you've it's not just that one training run it's the 16, 20, 24 weeks before that you've been doing this, your body's been constantly going. So giving someone three weeks allows them to that week after that. So when you're down to kind of two weeks out, you want to be maybe adding one extra rest day in so that you're still moving, you're still ticking the miles over. Um, for me personally, I start to kind of strip back off some of the strength work then, not yeah. not loads, 
but you know there's no need to lift big lifts anymore it's like the the mini accessory work we're still doing some of the reps of lunges we're still doing a few bits of the box jumps but we're not doing a lot nothing that could cause any injury and that's the big focus as a coach is let's pull back on anything that could cause injury so with a lot of people on their speed sessions for example I do their last speed session two and a bit weeks out because I don't want us to pull a hamstring or calf because we push too hard when the body's fatigued Um, and then like a week out you know that Monday if the race is on the Sunday you're just going to start to get all the other things you know the key things I always talk about is sleep hydration and nutrition all locked in so eating good meals meals that you've eaten before but are really nutritious getting yourself good sleep having a good sleep routine to try and really load up on that pre-race day and then making sure you're you're getting enough water in liquid you know like hopefully you've done that throughout your training but that week of before i'm taking hydration tablets so with the electrolytes and things like that in pretty much every day leading up to the race because i don't want to have a day where i'm thirsty in that week i want to make sure my body is completely fueled to the best of its ability and for those that have run marathons i like to call it maranoia starts oh, to yeah. set in yeah ultra noia we could call it where your brain is like i don't think i can do this or you're like i've got a niggle i've definitely got a niggle i've got i've got a pain in my leg and and it's going to stop me from doing the race and it's just having either a friend a partner a coach in your corner being like you're fine it's all okay don't worry it's nothing you're gonna be all right and yeah so knowing in that last week mostly the last week i'd say your your mind's gonna play the tricks on you and tell you that you can't do it because you're yeah your ego is gonna come in and try and tell you that you can't and that's all those little thoughts that just go through so yeah that would be my that's kind of like my paper strategy is mostly three weeks out yeah and then yeah, just trusting the process, bringing the running down in that last week because it's just the, the finishing touches. You're just kind of ticking things over. You're not really going to gain anything in those last three taper weeks. So, yeah, it's almost like a congratulations along the way as you go, like getting yourself ready for that race day. Yeah. Is it, is it normal for people to feel sluggish in that period? Is that a normal feeling? Yes, because it's a sign your body's trying to recover. So you're, you've, you've done all those builds and everything. And then that week, as you start to relax, your body's like, oh, okay, we can, we can start to reset and start to pull back. So, you know, those easy runs, someone I, I've had it many times from people going, that feels really heavy. Or I've done it myself. I've been like, oh, yes, I've dropped my mileage in half this week. Let's give it a go. And I'm like, why am I exhausted? And it's just your body is trying to recover from all the work you've done. So it's knowing that, that that's why you're feeling like that. And that come race day, you're going to wake up and feel great. And you're doing this now and that tape now because come that day of the race, you're going to wake up and feel feel rested and feel good. Yeah, yeah, so important. I will thank you so much. It's been absolutely fascinating. So hopefully people out there who are thinking about the first ultra will think, yes, I can I can do it. Um, any other tips? Is there anything we've, we've missed? Is there any other tips if somebody's out there teetering on the edge I of think... the first one? If you are considering it, firstly, just do it. Okay, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? You know, you you do training and you, you make a friend through the social world and then they're doing their training or you go, oh, I'm going to get a friend involved. And then the two of you can train and then you can, you know, 
the, the best thing I think about any sort of running, but especially ultras, as we've mentioned time and time again, if people haven't realised by now, is the community is phenomenal. Yeah. You will meet so many people through so many different walks of life trying to take on the same thing. You know, there'll be young 19, 20 year olds. And then you see people in their late 60s, mid 70s taking on as well. And it's just phenomenal. So just enter it, see what happens. And it, it, it will it will change your life. It will be something that you'll remember for a very long time. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Emma, for your time today. Where can people find you if they'd like to see how you're getting on with your spring and summer goals? Where are you on So most accessible is on Instagram. So it's Emma Kirkio on Instagram. You can find me. And that's where I kind of share most of my training journey. Also like to share some tips for everyone else going through it as well. So hopefully that all that could be useful. You can find it all there. Yeah, oh, fantastic. And if you are interested in the Threshold Trail series that we mentioned, you can find out more at their website, which is www.thresholdtrailseries.com. Um, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that podcast, everybody.